0: Talk Radio.
1: Knowledge is being buried. Truth is being hidden. Schools where truth and knowledge are supposed to be exposed are being covered by nepotism, favoritism, politics, and racism. And Africans continue to suffer at the hands of this oppressor. How could something like public schools go so bad, so quickly, in front of our very eyes? Maybe because it was never what it seemed to be. Let's unplug our minds from this racist matrix and find wisdom, knowledge, and truth in the mind beneath the school with your host, Mama Adana haina Aluwasi.
2: So this type of so-called Negro, by being intoxicated over the white man, he never sees beyond the white man. He never sees beyond America. He never looks at himself uh, or where he fits into things on the world stage. He only can see himself here in America, on the American stage or the white stage, where the white man is in the majority, where the white man is the boss. So this type of Negro always feels like he's outnumbered, or he's the underdog, or he's the minority. And it puts him in the role of a beggar, Uh, a cowardly, humble uh, uh, Uncle Tom and beggar on anything that he says is uh, that should be his by right. Whereas there is uh, when it comes, he he wants to be an American rather than to be black. He wants to be something other than what he is. And knowing that America is a white country, he knows he can't be uh, black and be an American too. So he never calls himself black. He calls himself an American Negro, a Negro in America. And usually he'll deny his own race, his own color, just to be a second-class American. He'll deny his own history, his own culture. He'll deny all of his brothers and sisters in Africa, in Asia, in the East, just to be a second-class American. He denies everything that he represents, or that everything that was in his past, just to be uh, uh, accepted into a country and into a government that has rejected him ever since he was brought here. Well, this Negro is sick. He has to be sick to try and force himself among some people who don't want him or to be accepted into a government that has used its entire political system and educational system to keep him relegated to to the role of a second-class citizen. Therefore, he spends a lifetime begging for acceptance into the same government that made slaves of his people. He gives his life for a country that made his people slaves and still confines them to the role of second-class citizens. And we feel that he wastes his time because he hasn't been trained to defend himself. He has only been trained to open up his mouth in defense of his master. He hasn't been educated, he's been trained. When a man is educated, he can think for himself and defend himself and speak for himself. He doesn't even know where his government is because he doesn't know that he ever had one. He doesn't know where his country is because he doesn't know that he ever had one. He believes in exactly what he was taught in school, that when he was kidnapped by the white man, he was a savage in the jungle someplace eating eating people and throwing spears and with a milk bone in his nose. And the average American Negro has that concept of the African country. It is not his fault. This is what has been given to him by the American educational system. He doesn't realize that there were civilizations and cultures on the African continent at a time when the people in Europe were crawling around in the caves going naked. He doesn't realize that the black man in Africa was wearing silk, was wearing slippers, that he was able to spin himself, make himself, at a time when the people up in Europe were going naked. He doesn't realize that he was living in palaces on the African continent when the people in Europe were living in caves. He doesn't realize that he was living in a civilization in Africa where uh, science had been so far advanced, especially even the astronomical sciences, to a point where Africans could tap the course of the stars in the universe when the people up in Europe still thought the Earth was round, the planet was round, or flat. He doesn't realize the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the advancement and the high state of his own culture that he was living in. He knows nothing about that. He knows nothing about the ancient Egyptian civilization on the African continent. Or the ancient Carthaginian civilization on the African continent. Or the ancient uh, civilizations of Mali on the African continent. Civilizations that were highly developed and produced scientists. Uh, uh, Timbuktu, the center of the Mali Empire, was the center of learning at a time when the people up in Europe didn't even know what a book was. He He doesn't know this because he hasn't been taught. And because he doesn't know this, when you mention Africa to him, well, he thinks you're talking about a jungle. And I went to Africa uh, uh, in 1959 and didn't see any jungles and didn't see any mud huts until I got back to Harlem in New York City.
1: Good evening, people. So glad you could join me. This is your host, Mama Dina Alawasi, and you are with me on The Mind Beneath the School. I'm so happy that you could join me. Um, That's how I wanted to start this this, this show off, with Malcolm talking about the miseducation of the African born in America. Uh, And I want to get right into it. But before I do, you know, we must uh, pay homage to the ancestors, and that way this show uh, will be blessed. We call upon our ancestors far and near, fathers of our fathers, mothers of our mothers, to bear witness to what we have done, and by their example to continue to inspire us toward reclaiming our African minds, regenerating our African spirit, liberating our homeland, and reclaiming our greatness as a people. We pour this libation to bring into our midst their venerable African spirit, radiating their great wisdom, courage, dedication, and unyielding commitment to victory by any means necessary. It is in honor of our creator, our ancestors, our children, and their children that we pour this libation. For the creator and the various manifestations of the creative spirit, we pour libation. For our esteemed ancestors who laid the foundation for human civilization and who provided the wisdom by which we live, and the models by which our lives are guided. We pour libation for our esteemed ancestors who have suffered the atrocities and horrors of the Mayafa and yet demonstrated the victorious power of the African spirit against adversity by maintaining their dignity no matter the cost. We pour libation for those ancestors who survived and made it possible for us to be here today to continue on their valiant struggle for an African liberation and vindication. We pour libation for our children and their children and future generations of Africans to come, that they too in their time will vindicate our race from all its adversaries and continue to imprint upon the world the great genius of the African spirit and humanity. We pour libation... For may their venerable African spirit engulf this occasion to reaffirm our African spirit and soul. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Once again, good evening. Uh, I we have a great show today. Uh, the name of the show is "What is an African-centered education." And by no means are we gonna be able to cover this in two hours, but I, I'm going to I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Um, just a little background because we have a great guest. I have to actually have two great guests. I have Doctor, the father of Afrocentricity, uh, Doctor Malefia Southey, will be joining me uh, in about a half hour, <clears throat> and then. Uh, after that I have wanna once again not veering away from what I had originally said I was gonna have uh scholars that have come through my have crossed my path and have gone on to do greatness. Uh Miss Holmes who is about to graduate from uh Howard University and she will be uh with us also during the special program. Um I know that it is, you know, cuz I know you probably want to correlate this conversation and the, the two hours with Black History Month. I See here is here's the thing. And and though from under my understanding and uh those of you who want to join in this conversation, please feel free uh, the number is, and I will be uh, reiterating it uh, throughout the, the program. Um, if you want to call in, the number is 516-418-5575. Okay, again, 516-418-5575. Please call in with your, your your thoughts or your opinion. I didn't get to it last week, and I want to apologize to those callers that did call and i I didn't get a chance to uh to get to those, but I will starting uh, this week uh so again, the number is five one six four one eight five five seven five give a give a call, let me know what you're thinking or what you're feeling or what your opinions are about the um the topic at hand, and the topic at hand is what is an African centered education we're gonna deal first of all with the definition. And I, I want to use my own experience because, uh, and, and before I even start, like I said, you know, <laughs> it Black History Month, though Dr. Woodson had created Black, it was a week just to g- give homage to the idea that we have a history. And to pay homage during that week, and it turned into a month, and it just happened that it turned into the shortest month of the year. But if you are an educator a facilitator, if you are a mentor, if you are a parent, if you are an older brother or sister, your obligation is 365 days a year. It's 365 days. you black, 365 days a year. Your history is alive and a part of you three hundred and sixty five days a year. not just during one month that we try to shove all of our history into what you can't and 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 here and and here's the thing if you don't understand that, then you're not african centered, and that bears repeating. If you don't understand the 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 vastness of the African civilization of of the African history of the African diaspora eventually of the African born in America starts with the beginning of time starts with the beginning of human kind. You cannot shovel that into a month. I don't care if you live to be one hundred and fifty, and you do it every single year. It is impossible. That's thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So now, what is the point? Well, I'm, I'm going to use my today. We was we had our little meeting, and. Um, we were discussing uh, different points of, of, of literature, getting ready for uh, um, the summer, I guess, that's when we do our curriculum and we finally have one. And, and now, you know, we, we're we about, you know, we're going into the third quarter. So we're about to have these conversations about what we're going to teach next year. Now, you know, this is my first year at this this school that I'm at. And I brought to the table, you know, I'd run a little late. So I brought to my table, or how I felt. Um, I found my kids, or the kids, you know, uh, because they brought into my classroom. And I found that they were reading Jack London. (sighs) Going into... Black History Month. So I brought it up, you know, and you you dive in, you know, because there, there's no easy way of of making your feelings known. And once you make these feelings known, then that becomes a part of you, which I don't mind. You know, but you kind of like you have to sign and you have to take a deep breath and then you go in and say, you know, I don't think that my kids should be reading Jack London, not without prefacing the fact that he was a racist. This man was a racist. He was a writer during the 1920s, during the time of Jack Johnson, and Jack Johnson was every kind of savage, every kind of monkey, but, you know, I mean, he gave him credit for for knocking out uh, Jeffries for those of you who are involved in in boxing and I am a fan of boxing but it you know it, don't worry about it jack johnson was the first black champion heavyweight champion champion period and he was a bad man you know he was re, he was relentless and he wore Jeffrey's out. Jeffrey was known as the Great White Hope. I don't know if you ever heard, but they made movies about this whole thing, you know. And and Jack London was a he was a racist. How he described this man how to describe the race. One of the, the the teachers, they actually had to Google, and it's not that uh, I love Google for for the fact that you could do it so quickly, and found out that in fact I was I was correct. The fact that he did not know this was disturbing. The fact that we were sitting at this table together discussing, now, why is that even important when I say my children? Ninety percent of the children that go to the school are black. So, I found it disturbing but you know nothing that I couldn't I couldn't you know overcome because a lot of people don't know anything about the authors that 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 they use especially if you if 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 you're white or you know you're Eurocentric and that's how you were taught to teach you know you don't look these people up you don't look up James Thackeray the writer of Vanity Fair racist Mark Twain. Well, Mark Twain. I, if you don't, I can't. Anyway, these people and and their literature is put on the list of things that or, or books that you have to read. They're, they're part of what we what we call a curriculum. And eventually, you're going to come across these people. This information must be prefaced. It, it must be it must be talked about. You cannot separate the work of the person from the person. Having said that there were there were African teachers born in America who didn't know about Jack London. So therefore, I'm the one sitting at the table who was bringing this to the table. And I had one teacher, a brother, ask me, "Wow, how do you how do you know this?" And I and 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 that actually was a very good question. Because in order to be African centered you must be African vested. And in order to be African vested you must study. Now I I've had some great mentors in my life who have brought me through being an African centered teacher. And it is something that it is it is you go through the same thing that you go through being a teacher, learning how to teach, seeing if it, this is if teaching is what you want to do, and then teaching in an African centered way. Now, the father of all this is Dr. Malefia Asante, who actually put this in words, and it was one of the first books that I read when I went to college and took African Studies One Hundred One. Which was, which is very uh, uh, symbolic and and relevant, and the name of the book was Afrocentricity, and it and 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 I'd never heard of that before. It was my sophomore year in college, and all of you know all the, the black students at the University of Delaware. That was one of the classes that we took you know the revolution was still alive it was it was fading but it was still alive this is one of the classes that we took anyway i all you know just because and this is one of the books that we that we had that we read that we had to read It was part of the mandatory reading and so i therefore and i was looking through it cuz it's funny cuz i i still have all the the same notes and everything you know how you write all in the book and everything and um I would if I might I would like to, to read some of this. There is not, not not a whole lot uh about what um Doctor Asante says about African centered education and being and what Afrocentricity really is and that way you can better understand what an African centered education is. And so from his book, oh, i got to get myself organized here. Okay. Regardless to our various complications and degrees of consciousness, we are by virtue of Commitments, history, and convictions, convictions, and African people. Afrocentricity, therefore, is only superficially related to color. It is more accurately a philosophical outlook determined by history. Your color, in other words, superficially, we are we are engaged in this African centeredness. Superficially, we are connected to African centeredness. In other words, the whole world should be African centered because humankind started in Africa, and so we are connected by our by our by by virtue of us being here. Now, I want to explain what that means when we say African centered. When you say African centered, Afrocentricity. You are placing the African in the center. We are no longer, as Dr. Asante says in his uh, uh, work, and you could go right to his page for this one, Afrocentricity becomes a revolutionary idea because it studies ideas, concepts, events, personalities, and political and economic processes From a standpoint of black people as subjects and not as objects, we are now in the center. We are not on the outside looking in, like at a store looking through the window. We are actually inside. We are at the center. Everything permeates from where we stand. Ergo, it must be known how... Jack London felt about me as a human being before I can use anything that he, he, he has written as a way of explaining any kind of English. I don't care what it is that you're trying to subject, whether or not you're trying to explain, you know, because he wrote a lot of books about dogs and and, and men out in the wilderness and, you know, in the Yukon and, and, and Alaska and all that kind of crap. And the, the the thing about which is fine, you know. When now you want to teach, you want teach environment, okay? You want to teach surroundings. You want to teach I I I whatever metaphor, simile, whatever it is that you are trying to teach in the English way. We must first understand who this man is. And normally, you talk a little bit about the author of a book. Okay, you by virtue of him being the author, you just tell you a little something, something about this person. Okay, that must be known. And then having said that, that is why he is writing on the topics that he writes about. And then you move on to whatever kind of subject. But it must be understood who this person is and, and why it is that we are studying him in the first place. Woodrow Wilson, one of the you know the president of the United States during World War One. You cannot discuss him in a history class, in a civics class, whichever, and not bring up the fact that he was a, he was he was a racist. First of all, I'm at the center. I'm the subject. How did he feel about me? because I'm at the center everything is at the center I am at the center how did he feel about me as an african he did not like me he had a private showing of birth of a nation with the dw griffith who made that crap okay about how the ku klux klan uh uh came alive after the civil war was over and reconstruction started and and and, and black people gained their freedom Saving the white woman from the great from from the savage if you don't know what the movie was about, and he had a private showing. He was an angry white man who had whose family had lost the war he was from the south, but somehow or another because he came up north and went to Princeton and did all these great things at princeton okay that 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 made him a great president because he was very well educated at an ivy League school. that's crap, and not only that, but the people at Princeton University are starting. To appreciate that I, as an African, if I go, African-born American, and I go to Princeton, I am insulted by all of these things that you have about Woodrow Wilson. When well, Woodrow Wilson wouldn't have never allowed me in the university in the first place. Let's let let's talk, and we're going to talk. And because it places me at the center. I am at the center of this of 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 this conversation. Our children, when they are being taught, if ninety percent of the class is black, you know what? And even having taken that, I, it, it doesn't even matter if you have one or two, because civilization, because humankind started in Africa, it must always be at the center. Writing, math, universities, education, society, societal rules, and laws—all started in Africa at the center. And it wasn't until the introduction and the, after the migration and and the uh, uh, melanin started to to, to kick in and then white people were eventually formed and, and then we had Greece and so on and so forth. We're not going to get too much into that. Then all of a sudden we were we became the object. Okay. All of a sudden writing started in Greece. All of a sudden the great that, that great civilization, you know, borrowed from from us. All of a sudden the things started changing stories started changing and slowly but surely it was moved all of that greatness that was Africa all of that greatness that was tribal all of of those wondrous uh, 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 civilizations that were born in Africa were all of a sudden moved the world became Eurocentric the Roman Empire and all that so, uh, 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 from Plato on up, and the philosophers and people who started actually writing it down, sharing the same language, and then all of a sudden, we became the object. We became on the outside looking in, and learning from there, from that standpoint became Eurocentric, and has been Eurocentric ever since. And that should not be the case. I mainly deal with, because I'm an English teacher, but I'm not just talking about English because, you know, it's what we read. It is across the board, as Dr. Asante says. Every aspect, every aspect, political, economic, Everything from the standpoint of black people as subjects and not as objects, basing all knowledge on the authentic interrogation of location. One of the key assumptions of the Afrocentrist is that all relationships are based on centers and margins and the distances from either the center or the margin. When black people view themselves as centered, And central in their own history, then they see themselves as agents, actors, and participants rather than as marginal on the periphery of political or economic experience. What does all that mean? That means that when you put yourself in the center, you are in the center of everything, you are the master of your own fate. I'm running things here, I'm at the center. I make those decisions. Now you may say, Well, that's all well and good, but that really doesn't that that really doesn't doesn't harm me the way I'm thinking right now. What's what what what's wrong with, with, with how I think? What's wrong with how you think is how your neighborhood is set up. All you have to do is look at the black community and then understand the importance of African Center. Why is it that most of the businesses that are owned in the black community are owned by people other than than Africans born in America? Why is it that people can come here to this country, to this place, and not speak a word of English and buy stores in our community? And make money And send their families over here To take over While they buy another business And we sit back and watch And we have watched this For Ever since we started Integration I'm going to Put everybody on On hold I'm going to play a little something And uh, Then I'm going to bring on My guest Uh, As a matter of fact I'm going to bring on my guest right now uh this gentleman uh dr malefi Asante is one of the uh is the father of african centricity um i have been studying him since and i'm gonna i'm gonna now i'm gonna age him um, since i was uh in college um back in nineteen 19- Seventy-six, when I first went, like I said, and I took that course when I was a sophomore. Um, he has written numerous books, has been all over the world, you know, but uh, 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 and is a uh, head of the African American uh, or the African Studies Department at Temple University. Uh, he is here with me now, Dr. Asante.
0: Yes, I'm delighted to be on your program. I'm really happy to be with your audience tonight.
1: Thank you so much, sir, for taking time out at especially at this hour. Uh and I don't wanna I don't wanna uh keep you uh I wanted first of all I was fascinated by you talking about what was going on in Pittsburgh. And so uh, if we yes. if if you would could we start off talking about that?
0: We we can. Yeah, the uh the Pittsburgh School District. Uh, has actually asked uh, me and uh, my colleague to come to Pittsburgh, Dr. Ama Mazama, and to work with their school district to infuse the entire district with Afrocentric concepts so that our children will feel a sense of groundedness when they sit in a class in mathematics or they sit in a class in language arts or social studies, uh, that they will not have to go get the information they are a part of the information. The information comes out of their history and their culture, and so uh, this is the way they teach white children. And there is no reason why uh, uh, African uh, children should not be taught uh, where they are in the center of their own historical narratives and in the center of their own stories, where the information is around them. Uh, it's not foreign to them, and we can't make it foreign to them. You can't have a African American child or black child saying that he or she uh, somehow cannot get math when math was uh, invented, created by black people. And uh, that mathematics and geometry, all of these started first on the African continent by black people. This is how we built the pyramids. We didn't build them haphazardly, right. uh, we, we had to build them with geometry. So it's a very interesting phenomenon. So this notion of Afrocentric education is a very serious one. And if we take it seriously, we know that it's a long-term project simply because uh, we were 246 years enslaved in this country, and and we have not been free uh, for 246 years. So uh, we've just been free for just a little over, 145 years, so it's a it's a big struggle that we have. We gotta work with our minds, with the minds of our teachers, our our principals, our, our superintendents. I mean, it, you you would be you, know, you wouldn't be surprised. But uh, we used to say that when we had black teachers and black superintendents, that the educational system would be different. But that's when we were naive in the 1970s, 60s we were naive. We just thought that, well, maybe you just change the people who are teaching our children.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. We would
0: find people who would love our children. Uh, we would find people who would uh, uh, study how to teach African-American children on the basis of our own culture, our own interests, and uh, or you would find people who had a joy of learning and teaching. Uh, but what we discovered is that you can change uh the color of a person in the classroom and by changing the color of the person in the classroom they don't change their uh, uh their pedagogical techniques their teaching techniques uh you know uh they they will produce the same uh, type of uh, students and education that was produced when we were under the most vile forms of racism
1: That's so right.
0: it, it's extremely important
1: it, now, Doctor Sondra, how exactly would you, when you, because you're talking about an entire school system, um, right. um, um How exactly would you infuse that? To, what would be the foundation of how you would begin to do that?
0: You, you are so good. You always ask the right question. That is the fundamental question to ask. You're right on target. Uh, here's how you. Here's how you have to do it, and we've done this in many school districts. Um and, and we've had we've had some, some that haven't worked but some have worked. But I tell you what, what I think the best model is, and it's a model that we're now using in, in Pittsburgh. First of all, all the people who are supervisors in the school, um, all the people who are supervisors in the school district, whether uh-huh. they are the supervising mathematics teachers or, or science teachers or language arts arts teachers or Um, physical education teachers, whoever is the supervisor at the headquarters of the school district, all those people have to be trained about what Afrocentricity is, what Afrocentric teaching is, and how you uh, apply Afrocentric strategies in the classroom. All the supervisors must be trained. Secondly, all the principals in the school district, must accept and appreciate and understand the process by which you uh, attach a child to the knowledge so that the child feels that she is a part of the subject that is being taught, that she's not out of the classroom. When you are teaching science, that that doesn't have anything to do with me. That has very much to do with any black child. So we have to teach them how to do that. So the principals have to buy in. The supervisors have to buy in. And then you've got to uh, also train a core of teachers who will demonstrate this method in their buildings so that other teachers will see them demonstrate this method and want to know how to do it themselves. That's what you have to do. And then the foundation for this has to be the work that – Afrocentric scholars have done. I mean, I was the one who wrote the first book on afrocentricity in yes. nineteen eighty and it was called afrocentricity and since then uh i've written i' oh, read i have eighty books and 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 five of them are the most fundamental books on afrocentricity and in addition to me, Dr. Cato, who used to be at temple, wrote Dr yes. Cato wrote on afrocentricity. Uh, Dr. Mugama has written uh, three books on Afrocentricity. So there are people who have read these books. These are the people that are important to to at least quote because you, uh, you have a philosophical background. They know that Afrocentric education seeks to uh, demonstrate uh, that uh, you can have effective teaching uh, uh, from the standpoint of African-American children being uh Subjects and agents, and uh, and uh, and uh, in the center of their own history, and, uh, yeah. and and this is this is this is the thing that we have to do. We gotta we gotta interrogate the African child culture for answers to all major problems, and uh, and we do this by looking at you know what what we way we have designed it. We designed. We talk about what are the minimum characteristics for an Afrocentric school. What are the minimum characteristics, not only for, but how? What are the things that you have to have? And so, exactly. around uh, those five principles, we basically try to construct all of our lessons, and we try to show them how to construct their lessons. So, so that's basically what we do.
1: That it, and you 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 say it like it's so matter of factly, and that is such an arduous task. I was just sharing uh, 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 with my audience about how. Uh, just today, I was yes. uh, I, I walked into a meeting and I was saying how you know you 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 I find it insulting that you 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 teaching Jack London, and on, <laughs> on, on on the second day a, 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 a Black History Month it, it, it's not yeah. a very long month. First of all, so I, I won't even get into that. But secondly, okay, that you had no preface for teaching. You know, you gave them no 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 thought. As to who it was that you were going to be presenting to our yeah, children, ninety percent of the class was is, is black. That you yeah, would start yeah. off with this man. Now, well, having know, well, that, I had teachers you. ask me, well, wow, you know, how did you know? How did you know that? See, now, now we're talking about my past and what I am bringing to the table. So, actually, Doctor Santa you're talking about reteaching teachers.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, you're perfectly right. Because you know, because people, because people become teachers or go to schools of education, it does not mean that they have any understanding about uh, uh, African American history or culture or how to teach. And they will start off teaching with Jack London uh, because they really haven't read or studied uh, uh, Langston Hughes or. Gwendolyn Brooks or something. Exactly. So you, you 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 have that, and that's part of the problem, that schools of education, I, I teach at Temple, as you know, but mm-hmm. Temple's yeah. School of Education, if it were to be correct and exact, they would require all the people who are going to be teachers, and particularly those who are going to teach in urban areas, to take yes. courses in African-American studies. It yes. makes no sense. It is yeah. absolutely – I mean, why is it that I in African-American studies, the Dr. Mazama in African-American studies, we're the people who are called around the country to come and infuse Afrocentric education in the classroom? That ought to be done by people in education. But the people in education are teaching Eurocentric and white education. They, they don't yeah. have any, any interest in trying to uh, uh, teach our children on the basis of uh, this idea that everything is curriculum. It's not just uh, what you do with what is in the lesson plan. The building itself is curriculum. When you walk in a building, it ought to reflect the culture of the majority of the students. So it's a a big problem, and it's it's one that is killing our children. And I'm upset by it, so I I don't even want to talk too much about it tonight.
3: (laughs) No, because I know. I get
0: mad every time I talk about it, you see. It's just that it's not correct. And it's not correct because the the black people we have in charge, they are the ones who are responsible for the situation, yes. and they can change yes. that situation. But they don't. Yes. We, we we are we are we don't have the will and the determination. And uh, I think we we certainly have the people. I'm not. I wouldn't indict all black teachers because I know it's a hard job, and I wouldn't indict all black administrators. But I do know that for the most part these things can only change if you uh, have people uh, in the position to change them to make those changes and to get people who can bring, bring, help you bring those changes into being and to support them and to support the teachers who, who are out yes. there struggling. There are many, uh, uh, I've seen many outstanding teachers in every school. You have one or two or three or four teachers who are out there yes. struggling against the wave. Uh, trying to bring into existence uh, some kind of uh, Afrocentric training, and other people are, are, you know, are laughing at them or acting as if it doesn't matter.
1: Right. So that's I, our uh, problem. We have one at, at my school because we had uh, she and I had taught at uh, MOTEP and also uh, at uh, sanko for Freedom, and so now yes. we are here at this school, and uh, she is very vested. Mm-hmm. uh, And well, she's just African-centered, and and it is an uphill. You know, fortunately, we have each other to lean on, and it is very. She's a history (laughs) teacher. Now, this is a history. Uh, This is I see. I can't. This is a history teacher teaching ninety percent of the children that that are African, and first of all, to change the atmosphere of how they see each other.
0: Yes, is one
1: thing so she's right. you already but it's it's an uphill battle, but she's young she'll be she'll be just fine, mm-hmm. and then once you do that, now you have your peers, yes, well, don't you think that 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 will be too difficult, and how does that work its way and what she's saying is it's not about working its way i'm we're at the center this yes. is we're in we 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 began this. That's okay, right. And so That's right. it it it's not about what what, what, what Woodrow Wilson said. <laughs> You're right. I can't. It's <laughs> a, it, because he was a racist.
0: That's right. And I'm at the center a big one. it
1: is about he how is he one. felt about me and what what happened with him that affected my life.
0: That's right. That's right. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Because so it, it's uphill yeah. battle
1: but it's it's doable.
0: It is doable. I'm an optimist, eternal optimist. And I know we can do it, and I know we will do it. And there will be more people like you. And I appreciate you so much for allowing me to come in on your show and uh, and and to make these statements and say these things. And I appreciate that you're going to continue to
3: struggle. All right?
1: Well, oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Dr. Sathe, thank you so much for taking time out for for my show. I'm gonna continue on. Hope you you listen. If not, it's archived. Uh, um, but I appreciate it. And you also, I know it's 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 tireless. You know, you 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 go all over the world, and you know that's what they right. say about a prophet in his his hometown. Uh, yeah, that's but right. I, I do I, know. I do know. <laughs> but
0: I just I, came from. Go
1: ahead. <laughs> I, die, I was going to say, but you are appreciated and it's I know the work I know valuable.
0: You know, I appreciate you for saying that Mary, because I know I I know it's true. And uh, the thing is, I just came from Haiti and I just want to tell people oh. that Haiti has is suffering and, and yet there's so much uh viability and so much resilience there. And I had the wonderful conversations with the Haitian people and particularly with uh my good friend uh uh the former president Aristide. And it it is really um situation where he's out of politi- politics, but he started his own university and is doing oh. very well. So Good, uh, wonderful you know, things are good. But take care and and uh, and blessings always to you. Victory is certain. Bye bye. Okay,
1: thank you. All right, hotel uh doctors out there. Take care. Bye bye. Okay, we were just blessed with Dr. Valencia-Santi. I have somebody that's been on hold here for a minute. Let me, uh, hold on, caller? Yes. Hello?
4: Hi, Sister Susan, it's uh, Tiara. <laughs> Tiara,
1: how are you doing? Hi. Well, then I'll just take you guys back to back, you know, and okay. I'm just going to be blessed. <laughs> I'm just going to be blessed. How are you doing, mm-hmm. dear?
4: I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I, uh, well, I
1: didn't give you an introduction. I just saw the number. I I didn't mm-hmm. have. The, I, I I should have known. I I was expecting a a Washington number. I mm-hmm. wasn't expecting number. Oh no no no! I, I, I,
4: I kept the Philly area code. I kept the Philly number.
1: Okay, but well, this is uh, ladies and gentlemen, back to back. Uh, this is one of my 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 former scholars who has. Uh, just done wonderful things. Is about to graduate from Howard University. Has done extensive work uh, around Africa. Uh, I, I want her to talk about that and about you just heard Dr. Malefie Asante. How? Let's let's start with that. How do you mm-hmm. feel about what he just said?
5: Um, I pretty Coming much from came African
1: in. School.
4: Well, I came in. I think on the last the last like five minutes or six minutes of his interview um Mm -hmm. and i I think the the discussion was really was really interesting and, and well needed and everything and i remember one one thing that kept coming to mind for me was the um i guess the role of the student who's receiving the african centered um education right and I started thinking about one of my friends. She shared with me today that um she's from Cleveland, Cleveland Ohio. And so um she went to a school, she said it was like I think 50% uh black, 50% white or something like that. And um you know, she was taking a writing course, a writing class and they told her to they told all of the students to bring in um poets who they admired and poets who they they really looked up to. And so mm-hmm. she mentioned to me that she was the only one in the school you know, where in that particular classroom there was mainly black students, but she said she was the only student in the school to actually bring a black poet in. Um, and that just made me think about the, I guess, that agency that comes right. from the individual, the individual student actually wanting to receive like the education that's being given and being provided, you know? Right. Um, and I think it's just, it's, Everyone will receive it at their own time and like in their own way, but if you mm-hmm. do have people if you do have people constantly around you just kind of like just reinstill uh re-instill the sense of the sense of value and black pride and black power, and then eventually they'll come around and start because they'll get out into the real world you know they'll, they'll get out into the real world and they'll realize that there's not a safe space for you to truly put yourself in the center you know exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How do you find that at Howard University? How do you do you find that to be true there? That you moved from actually going to MOTEP and then actually now you're going now you're at Howard University. Do you mm-hmm. have you found that transition to be easier? As
4: as far as uh, as, as, far far as, as, as far as, as your backwards.
1: background, like in other words, you 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 had that center, and then uh-huh. do you find that being cultural? Did I have to refine my, my sentence?
4: Oh, yes. oh is it is it kinda like reaffirmed and everything? Yes, exactly. Um, you know, I remember before I even went off to college, you know, um Baba Javali and the rest of his so um he told me that no matter where you go in life, like you'll have to find your your niche of people. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, no matter where you go, there are gonna be some people who aren't necessarily they don't necessarily come from the type of high school education, the Afrocentric education that you were exposed right. to, but they're That's learning right. and they're getting there. Um, right. So what I found is that when you're in a particular, when you find that niche of people who are like that, then it'll be reaffirmed. Like, you know, Dr. Carr here, here, uh, Dr. Beatty, got all of these different scholars okay. who like live, they live and breathe Afrocentricity. And mm. so... You know, if you find that niche then you know, you'll be fine, but it's not to say that it'll it'll be around you twenty four seven because right, right. you know, everyone is everyone is different. And right. what I what I found is that I couldn't assume um I guess I couldn't look for this, this certain type of utopia because then I would be denying other people their their own growth growing process, you know?
1: Yes. Um Yeah. Well, so you're you're about to graduate, so tell me i uh-huh. want to hear a little bit about how you got involved in your your uh your travels in africa uh-huh. uh what program that was, and then a little bit of what what you're gonna do when you when you graduate
4: yeah well i actually i went to i went out of the country because of you know going to i can't say the other schools weren't offering it but it was more significant for me because my first time out of the country into Africa was through, you know, MOTEP. And so, mm-hmm. um, I went to Ghana when I was like I think seventeen with right. um Mama Chris, Brother Curtis, Jess Greg, um, a couple of oh B- Baba Tyrone, a couple yeah, of other kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we but we all went, you know, they 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 had this this, this program and They gave students the opportunity to apply, and we went. Um, And so I was in Ghana for two weeks with them. And then when I got to Howard, I looked into opportunities to study abroad. And then I went to to, uh, Botswana. It's a a small country right above South Africa.
3: Mm. And so I went to Botswana
4: Mm -hmm. for about five months, and I did a semester at the University of Botswana. Um, okay. And while I was there, I went to uh, Swaziland, Zimbabwe, um, Cape Town, South Africa, Crap. and I started to go to Mozambique, but things didn't work out the way we wanted to. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, I, for some reason, things I just I'm I'm constantly being called back to Africa, and I don't know <laughs> why. Because I was looking for different programs, um, I'm an English and health education major, and I was looking for different right. programs that would like cater to the coursework that I the course uh, courses that I needed to take. And mm-hmm. for some for some reason, Botswana was the only country that had um, community health, like they actually had the program that fit my, you know, like what I needed. Mm-hmm. And so I went over to them, Botswana and. Yeah, that was it. And now I'm working on uh, going to uh, Egypt in August.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. I think mm-hmm. I'll be coming back when you're going. Yep, <laughs>
4: yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you did. You posted that to, to my Facebook. Yes, faces. I yep. did.
1: I'm, so. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, because I, I tell my students all the time, I said, you know, you get these grades right, because I said when the school year is over, I'm going to be hoisting myself on top of a camel,
4: Mm-hmm. And Egypt,
1: and you won't be able to, so yeah. whatever it is that you need to do, you need to mm-hmm. do it now. But it, and make sure but you have, have your hand selfie hand.
4: stick, make sure you have your selfie stick so you can take your picture on the camel.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I got, mm-hmm. that, I got my Christmas, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, Carol, so what do you, so those are your plans for after? Do you know what kind of uh, profession you're going to go into once you graduate mm-hmm. with your double uh, major?
4: Yeah. You know, I'm still, um, I plan on taking a year off and I don't know. I'm I'm the kind of person I'm really interested in a lot of different things. And so, um, I just need, I just wanted to take a year off, you know, get some work experience, just give myself a break so I don't burn out. Um, and then just figure out what do I really want to hone in on, you know, what do what particular skill do I really want to develop? And so, um, yeah, I just plan on taking like a gap year for okay. now.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well Tierra, thank you so much for for joining mm-hmm. me and, and for being enlightened that it was it was perfect timing back back to back. And mm-hmm. I wish you well. Well we'll keep in touch on Facebook. <laughs> Definitely. And and uh uh keep listening keep listening in and I'm gonna keep looking out for you and, and seeing what you're into and uh many blessings in, in your in your mm-hmm. future endeavors.
4: Okay, well, thank you so much, and I appreciate you for thinking of me and inviting me to your show. And you know, much success to you. So thank oh, you, thank
1: you so much. All <laughs> right, dear, I'll be talking to you bye. soon. Okay, right. bye. Well, I, I'm telling you, I uh, the number um, here, if you want to call, is five one six four one eight five five seven five. Uh, give me a call if you have any opinions and everything. I'm gonna take a break. I we've been going non stop here with uh this talk about what is uh an African centered education and on the other side we will continue that um on our second half dealing with exactly how we bring that into the classroom and how to enlighten uh, uh the students uh that are embracing of this kind of education See you back on the other side
6: I Truly understand the nature of the threat And a pale man walks in the threshold of darkness Roughly 20,000 years ago, the first humans evolved with the phenotypical trait. Genetic recessive, blue eyes, blonde hair, and white skin. Albinism apparently was a sin to the original man, African. So the mutants traveled north of the equator. because europeans later, the first race haters. Who is the devil's alpha to the beta? Cause history's best qualified to teach one. Quote: "In German philosopher Schopenhauer. Every white man is a fader, or a bleached one. Migration created further mutation. Genetic drifts, evolution through recombination. Adapt to the climate, as the Caucasus Mountain Man reverted to that of a primate, savage Neanderthals until the late Paleolithic Age, as when the Black Grimaldi Man came with the symbol of the dragon, fire and art. JK paintings in France and Spain to the Venus of Willendorf. Around 2000 BC, southern Russians migrate in small units, so to travel west, populated Europe. Those who were in the east settled in Iran, known as Aryans. 1500 BC, to cross the Khyber Pass into India and created Hinduism, the first caste system, the origins of race. Racism, a white dot on the forehead meant to leave. The black dot defeat, untrustable, untouchable. They wrote the Holy Vedas in Sanskrit. That's the language that created Greek, German, Latin, and English. Now the Minoans ones around 2000 BC. Starts on the island of Crete in the Aegean Sea. The Greek culture begins Western civilization. But Western civilization means white domination. years learned from command called Egypt and Greek. It existed since at least 3000 BC. Creating geometry and astronomy. This knowledge influenced Plato, Socrates, and Hippocrates. Because them Imhotep, the real father of medicine, was worshipping Greece and Rome in the form of a black African. The word Africa comes from the Greek, Afrique, meaning without code. The word philosophy means love of knowledge, Though from the first man. Greek power expands, the first Greek fraternity spans. The word gymnasium is Greek for naked This was the place where adolescent boys were educated and molested This was accepted because Greek culture was homosexual For example, Doppel trained girls on the island of Lesbos Hence the word lesbian. Hey, let these dumb motherfuckers know. December 25th, the birth of Saturn. A homosexual god, I checked the historical pattern. December 25th, now thought the birth of Christ was Saturnalia. When men got drunk, fucked each other, then beat their wives. Fact is, it was still practiced till they called it Christmas. So put a gerbil on your Christmas list. The Hellenistic era, Alexander the Great conquers all the way to India, leaving four successive states. By the 5th century BC, ROME succeeds to be the conqueror of Egypt and Greece, but had the of the black Phoenicians in Sicily. The Punic Wars began 264 BC. The black general Hannibal and Carthage again in 146 BC Carthage fell after a six month siege. Rome sold every citizen in slavery. The first genocide of history. And more bisexuality in sight. Julius Caesar was known as every woman's husband and every man's wife. Spartacus revolt slave rebellion at lost. With 6,000 slaves was nailed on a cross Cross, oh shit, Jesus Christ Time for the Mac right Christians, get your facts right His Christ was not his name It's Greek for one who was anointed Yahshua Ben-Yosef was his name Do Christians know this? So who do you praise? Do you know his name? Or do you do this in vain? Except in the religion they gave slaves to behave Peep the description of a story in Josephine Short, dark, with an underdeveloped beard was Jesus He had the Roman spirit revolution The solution was to take him to court and falsely to accuse after being murdered by Pilate, how can it be? These same white Romans established Christianity. Constantine would later see the cross in a dream. In his vision, it read Enhoff, signal Wonka. In this time, we conquer, manifest destiny. In 325, he convened the Nicene Creed and separated God into three. Decided Jesus was born on December 25th and raised on the third day is a myth. Plus to deceivers. Commissioned Michelangelo to paint white pictures of Jesus. He uses aunt, uncle, and nephew. Subconsciously, that affects you. It makes you put white people closer to God. Yo, this man got game like a motherfucker. True indeed, fucking jihad. In the 8th century, Muslims conquered Spain, Portugal, and France and controlled it for 700 years. They never mention this in history class, cause old faiths are threatened when you get the real lesson. More from Baghdad, Turkey threaten European Christians, meaning the white way of life. hits the crusade for Christ. On November 25th, 1491, Santiago defeats the, the last Muslim throne called Granada. King Ferdinand gave thanks to God for victory, and the Pope of Rome declared this day to forever be a day of thanksgiving for all European Christians. Now listen. When you celebrate Thanksgiving, what you are actually celebrating is the proclamation of the Pope man, of who
7: later in league with Queen Isabella
6: sent corners in to
7: Spain to murder Just any that black that in Christianity. These Moors, these man, black men and women, were man, bad, man, bad turkey. And today you eat the turkey man, for
6: your Thanksgiving man, day man, as the European power destroyed the turkey who was poor farming. Get on the ground. I fight the power. Get on the ground, bitch ass nigga. Now around this time, whites started calling us Negroes. That's Spanish for black object, meaning we're not really people, but property. And the triangle trade begins, they seize us. Queen Elizabeth sent the first slaves on a ship named Jesus. Stealing land from the indigenous natives. Gave them alcohol to keep the red man intoxicated. Whites claimed they had to civilize these pagan animals. But up until 1848, there's documented cases of whites being a savage cannibals, Eating Indians in 1992 Jeffrey Dama. Slaughter the whole race with guns, drugs, priests, and nuns. 1763, the first demonic tactic of biological warfare. As tokens of peace, Sir Jeffrey Amherst passed out, clothing and blankets to the Indian community. Infested with smallpox, knowing they had no immunity. Today it's age, your best believe it's man-made. This it ain't a damn thing changed. Let me explain. I sense people of color are genetically dominant, and Caucasoids are genetically recessive, and whites expect to be predominant, meaning survive as a race and... They simply must take precautions. That's why they're worried about the future now. Cause by 2050, almost all the Earth's population will be brown and black. So, understanding that, whites I'm saying, man fools ain't nothing but a teaspoon of milk in the world color mature. So they created a system to force blacks into an unnatural position that reinforces the position of natural inferiority. In addition, creating guns and develop the ethnocentric view. That God justifies every fucking thing they do. Condition people to perceive whites culture as civilized and every other culture, considered primitive. Not true. Racism is the system of racial subjugation against non-whites in every area of human relation. Entertainment, education, labor, politics, law, religion, war, and economics. See, blacks were three-fifths of a man with tax purposes intended. You think you're Afro-American, you're a 14th Amendment and a good nigga. Jews don't salute the fucking swastika, but niggas pledge allegiance to the flag that accosted you. They never teach about the breaker islands like Jamaica, but before slaves came here, whites would take her. Pregnant woman, hang up from a tree by your toes, slice her stomach with a knife and let the unborn baby fall to the floor. Then stop an unborn child in front of all the slaves, to end grief fear so they be scared, behave, and not rebel move. Understand, all whites must be perceived as potential predators. I paraphrase historian Ishakamusa is Bereshenko. Understand that regardless of the lofty ideas engraved on paper, in such documents as the Constitution or Declaration, the basic nature of the European American white man remains virtually unchanged. So check. This is the nature of the threat. Let freedom ring with a buckshot, but not just...
1: All right. Listening to Brother Ross there The Nature of the Threat. Uh, We're back on the other side of a two-hour uh, show. The Mind Beneath the School with your host, Mama Donna Aina Alawasi, discussing what is an African-centered education. Now on this side of the of the hour of the new day, um, we are going to dive in here a little bit, and Doctor Asante brought up some very interesting points, you know. And I know because of the hour, but I like I said, I just feel more comfortable at this hour doing the show. Uh, uh, just me and 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 the information that I am trying to to uh bring to you um at this time. Um, we were talking about the reteaching and then we had brought it up in other words because he was talking about this arduous task. He made it sound so you know you he as long as he's been doing it, uh of uh, it, 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 it it's like second nature. And African centeredness having said that that should be for all Africans. Should be African-centered. Should be second nature. It 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 it, it should be like breathing. Come like looking at the color of the of our skin, and I know that that is not true. But that is where we should be. That is where we should be. Okay, you had during the time, and he even brought it up. But you see, you 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 would already have to be vested in that knowledge. Jack London, nineteen twenty. As soon as you say that, you think of the Harlem Renaissance. By saying that, you think of of, of Langston Hughes. Okay, the, the 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 uh by that you think of Zora Neale Hurston, County Cohen. Claude McKay. Okay, Nellie Larson. You the the, the their name they they should kind of they just like roll off, and then all of a sudden you are back at the center again. And Jack London is on the outside, looking in. You must place all of these things, all of all of this this, this history and this knowledge at the center. As Dr. Sati was saying, the pyramids just wasn't a thought. They had used to have a commercial. I forget who it was they were advertising for, and uh, the pyramids were being built, and all of a sudden they looked and it was supposed to be a square. And the guy he said, Uh oh. You know, but the point is that that throughout all of that, first of all, they should have been black in this commercial, and they weren't. But that, you know, not not – see, this is what I'm talking about. Because we think of of Egyptians, you think of white. We think of Africa, uh, uh, you know, the great civilizations, and, and all of a sudden we think that they were enslaved. Mali, if you think of somebody dark, they automatically were slaves, and that is not true. But these are things that you would have to learn by being African centered, and once you do that, you all of those things you you would get you you would get correct. Okay, but he was bringing up geometry. The pyramids just didn't happen; they were planned. How did they plan them? How do you how do you do something like that without having an understanding of mathematics? With how without having an understanding of geology. Now, what is geology? You can't build a great pyramid like that to last that long on sand and not know whether or not it'll it'll hold or whether or not it'll sink. And if you don't believe me, ask the jerks that, 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 that built all those casinos in Atlantic City, and they're sinking. I can't. They were built on sand, and they're sinking. You have to have knowledge of what it is that you're doing before you do it. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. The casinos are sinking. They're too heavy for the sand. But those pyramids have been there for thousands of years, and they were built on sand. You have to understand what it is that you're doing. How did they understand that? That didn't just come to them. Okay. You must be at the center of your knowledge and be vested. When I say be vested, you have to believe it. It isn't something well I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take on what mama's talking about, you know, being African centered. No. You have to be vested. You have to believe that you are at the center of all knowledge and all things. That everything is is encircled around you. And you may have a difficult time with that, but you shouldn't. If you're a Christian, Jesus is black. See. If you're a Christian, Jesus is black because you were at the center. But if in fact you allow Da Vinci and Michelangelo to paint pictures and these and they're pictures, they are paintings. They are from the imagination of one man, how he sees the Last Supper and he put it on a on a on a piece of paper, on a canvas But all of those men should have been black. By virtue of the knowledge that you have and where all of these things took place, they should be darker than what they are. And people might say, well, that doesn't have anything to do with religion. It has everything to do with your humanness and mankind and being at the center but we have been so brainwashed from the time that we first go to a to a school any school and we go through that entire system that we accept it as fact because that's what you're taught. Christopher Columbus should not be at the center of 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 the Americas being discovered. He was not the first one there. That's being at the center. So you see how far... I'm going back to elementary school. When you first go to school and you learn how to write, where did that come from? It came from Africa. The ability, the knowledge of writing, putting a pen and putting information on a piece of paper was not European. It was African. You must be vested in this. You must start from there. And if you start from there and you go all the way back, you cannot – You now you're talking about a lifetime of knowledge. And there are people, as Dr. Asante, who was one, who has, has, has written 80 books. And I have the first book. I can't remember having him autographed that one day if we ever passed by each other again. I got it right here. Dr Cato, as soon as he said, "Oh yes," and I remember dr Cato we had to read both of these books at the same time in af in african american studies one o one, which is like i said very symbolic and very you know, it, it 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 makes sense that this would be African studies one o one and dr Cato wrote the african the africa center Perspective of History. And they were hand in hand. That that was what these were the two texts. They're not very big books, but they are filled because they're talking about a philosophy. I'm talking about a way of life and how you should look at life and it should be African centered. And once you are vested in that knowledge, once you are vested in reading and these are books that you should read and they are they are they are accessible. They're they're there, they're still in print. Doctor Cato's book. I am not going to profess to, to uh pronounce Dr. Cato's uh first first name T S E H I L O A N E Cato K E T O The Africa Center Perspective of History. And Dr. Malefriy Asante, Afrocentricity. African Studies 101. African-centeredness 101. And so anyway, to go back to my original thought, Dr. Asante, uh, going to Pittsburgh and reshaping the entire, or infusing the entire school system, which is wonderful, which is open-minded. Why isn't he doing that in Philadelphia? And when I brought up the fact about the the uh, about the prophet, you know, the saying that the prophet is welcomed every place except in his own hometown, which is true. Jesus had the same problem, you know. Everybody wanted to hear Jesus, except people, you know, where he lived where he was from. It, 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 and so, and and the other week when I brought up the fact that, that Philadelphia went to Cincinnati to go to Cincinnati to, 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 to find out how to uh, redo our school, our public school system, why would you go to Cincinnati? They haven't proven anything. If Dr. Maleficent didn't go to Pittsburgh, which is the second largest, the second largest uh, 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 public school system with African uh, children born in America, African scholars born in America, then why isn't it being done here in Philadelphia, his home? So when it becomes successful, This is why I have to go to these city council meetings because when that becomes successful, and you know spent all this money working with Cincinnati, who doesn't know whether or not that program, neighborhood schools, you got that idea here, and 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 having neighborhoods vested in, and you have that here. You have universal schools being run by Kenny Gamble. You have that here already. Why are you going to Cincinnati? Who doesn't even know if it'll work or not? All the things that Philadelphia needs to be successful and to turn the the school system around is right here in the city. Anyway. So to go to Pittsburgh, and he's going to infuse this whole thing... He's going to have to start with the administrators. He's going to have to change the, the the minds of principals and teachers. That's the hardest thing. The textbooks are easy. He's wrote the textbook. <laughs> he, he, he 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 already wrote the he, he already wrote the book. The book is there. The textbook is there. Okay? The mathematic book is there. Okay, the science books are there. That's the easy part. The hard part is making administrators and principals and teachers finally vested in this idea of African-centered education. And that ain't just white teachers, even though we have already had that discussion on the former show, that the majority of the teachers who are in front of our African children are white, 80 percent, which does not equal the, the almost 80 percent of the children who are uh, in public schools in this country and in this city are black. So you could see where 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 that problem would start already, and that they are most of the teachers that you have were taught in a Eurocentric environment, from 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 elementary to high school to college, and if they got a further education to their masters, and if it's and maybe they had one or two courses, just like we do in high school, they had one or two courses in maybe uh, culturally diverse areas. Maybe they took African Studies 101, whatever, and moved on. And I agree with Dr. Asante, That is not. That's not it. If in fact you have made a decision to teach, especially if you're going to teach in an urban environment, then you need to take a extensive course. That means two or three or four, you know, nine credits. 12 credits in Afrocentricity. And understanding how to infuse no matter what your core curriculum is, whether it's English, whether it's history, whether it's math, or whether it's science, and how to approach that in an African-centered way of thinking. But you must go into the classroom with that thought. And you don't have to wear, wear you know, I'm about wearing dashikis and everything. Just like Doctor Asante said, it, it's it, that's 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 superficial. Dashikis and, and wearing the kufis and all that. Yeah, all that it, it'd be, you know, it'd be nice. It's a way of, you know, at Emotep we had to do that because it was a way of changing your thinking, your clothes, okay, and 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 scholars and 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 how scholars looked at themselves. Okay, and that was with the dress that you had, but that was all part of how to to make them vested in in the idea or the principles of African-centeredness. But you were talking about, and, 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 and mind you, I'm just dealing with subject matter. I'm not even dealing with manners. I'm not even dealing with social decorum. In in Japan, when a teacher walks into the room, everybody stands up and greets. Everybody, everything stops. When an elder walks into the room, everything stops. So I'm not even, and and that's for that's for next week. The social aspect of African centeredness. Right now, I'm just dealing with the subject matter. I'm just dealing with the subjects. I'm just dealing with the teacher and the teacher's relationship to the to the scholar, and the knowledge that the, the the teacher has to come into the classroom with, okay. And if in fact you do not walk in to your classroom with a prior knowledge of understanding what African centeredness, then you're going to have a problem. Then it, it's okay to teach Mark Twain. It's okay to put Woodrow Wilson at the top of the list as far as what you think a great president should look like. You have no problem with that. Because you're not vested in the African-centeredness of my being. And that is a problem. It should be a problem worldwide. Not just Africans in America... But Africans in Brazil, Africans in Africa, Africans in Asia, whatever the diasporic is, wherever the Af- Africans in the in the islands, the, the Doctor is talking about Haiti, and how they, they 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 have their university being built and 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 so on, you know, uh 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 uh, 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 and 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 their way, I'm, I'm quite sure. It's wonderful. I would I would love to go there and just see what was going on down down there. But anywhere where the African diasporic is, and that's worldwide, it isn't. You know, like I'm saying, well, you know, whatever corner of the no, any place where you see people who are darker than white, Africans have been there. And that bears repeating. Any place that you go where you see Australia with the Aborigines, how'd they get there? Any place that you go where where the 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 color, with the, the exception of maybe uh, if you're talking about it, Asians, okay, Mongoloid, and that was a, a melanin. But any place, most places where it, it, the 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 skin tone. Is darker than white Africans have been there, and that's all over the world. So once again, African centeredness should be something that is looked at from the very beginning, from kindergarten all the way through 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 college, and and on. Anybody who was working in a school. Should be African centered or should have training in African centeredness. Doesn't make any difference what your position is, because we all must be vested in this knowledge. Now, having said that, I last week I played a, a clip from uh, the Miseducation of the Negro, and I I, I want to play that. I want to I want to play that again because. Um, I can't say it any better than my elders and my ancestors and my mentors, you know, and Dr. Woodson could tell you best, and this is how the miseducation, he is talking about how if, in fact, you are trained in the Eurocentric way of thinking then you are going to go into the classroom. Whether you're black or white doesn't make any difference. You are going to go into the classroom and teach this, and this is how it is perpetuated. It, it goes on and on and on because one teaches another teach. Like we have a a a a teach one, okay? And that's and that's exactly that's the principle. I'm going to teach you. You're going to teach me, and and so on. And then it's perpetuated. And it goes on and on and on. And this must be stopped. Okay, so I'm going to play this for you, then I'm going to come back. We're going to have a discussion on, on, on the other side. Welcome to the Amentum presentation of the original
4: 1933 1933- unabridged edition of The Mis-Education of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson, narrated by Roderick Pryor, produced and edited by M. Seurat,
1: music by Kevin McLeod, percussion by Indigo Smith, with introduction provided by Valeria Smith. And now, The Mis-Education of the Negro.
5: Chapter 1, The Seat of the Trouble. The educated Negroes have the attitude of contempt toward their own people because in their own as well as in their mixed schools, Negroes are taught to admire the Hebrew, the Greek, the Latin, and the Teuton, and to despise the African. Of the hundreds of Negro high schools recently examined by an expert in the United States Bureau of Education, only 18 offer a course taking up the history of the Negro. And in most of the Negro colleges and universities where the Negro is thought of, the race is studied only as a problem or dismissed as of little consequence. For example, an officer of a Negro university, thinking that an additional course on the Negro should be given there, called upon a Negro doctor of philosophy of the faculty to offer such work. He promptly informed the officer that he knew nothing about the Negro. He did not go to school to waste his time that way. He went to be educated in a system which dismisses the Negro as a non-entity. At a Negro summer school two years ago, a white instructor gave a course on the Negro, using for his text a work which teaches that whites are superior to the blacks. When asked by one of the students why he used such a textbook, the instructor replied that he wanted them to get that point of view. Even schools for Negroes, then, are places where they must be convinced of their inferiority. The thought of the inferiority of the Negro is drilled into him in almost every class he enters and in almost every book he studies. If he happens to leave school after he masters the fundamentals, before he finishes high school or reaches college, he will naturally escape some of the bias and may recover in time to be of service to his people. Practically all of the successful Negroes in this country are of the uneducated type or of that of Negroes who have had no formal education at all. The large majority of the Negroes who have put on the finishing touches of our best colleges are all but worthless in the development of their people. If after leaving school they have the opportunity to give out to Negroes what traducers of the race would like to have it learn, such persons may thereby earn a living at teaching or preaching what they have been taught, but they never become a constructive force in the development of the race. The so-called school, then, becomes a questionable factor in the life of this despised people. As another has well said, To handicap a student by teaching him that his black face is a curse and that his struggle to change his condition is hopeless is the worst sort of lynching. It kills one's aspirations and dooms him to vagabondage and crime. It is strange, then, that the Friends of Truth and the Promoters of Freedom have not risen up against the present propaganda in the schools and crushed it. This crusade is much more important than the anti-lynching movement because there would be no lynching if it did not start in the schoolroom. Why not exploit, enslave, or exterminate a class that everybody is taught to regard as inferior? To be more explicit, we may go to the seat of the trouble. Our most widely known scholars have been trained in universities outside of the South. Northern and Western institutions, however, have had no time to deal with matters which concern the Negro especially. They must direct their attention to the problems of the majority of their constituents, and too often they have stimulated their prejudices by referring to the Negro as unworthy of consideration. Most of what these universities have offered as language, mathematics, and science may have served a good purpose, but much of what they have taught as economics, history, literature, religion, and philosophy is propaganda and cant that involved a waste of time and misdirected the Negroes thus trained and even in the certitude of science or mathematics it has been unfortunate that the approach to the Negro has been borrowed from a foreign method for example the teaching of arithmetic in the fifth grade in a backward county in Mississippi should mean one thing in the Negro school and a decidedly different thing in the white school the Negro children as a rule come from the homes of tenants and peons who have to migrate annually from plantation to plantation, looking for light which they have never seen. The children from the homes of white planters and merchants live permanently in the midst of calculations, family budgets, and the like, which enable them sometimes to learn more by contact than the Negro can acquire in school instead of teaching such negro children less arithmetic they should be taught much more of it than the white children for the latter attend a graded school consolidated by free transportation when the negroes go to one room rented hovels to be taught without equipment and by incompetent teachers educated scarcely beyond the eighth grade in schools of theology Negroes are taught the interpretation of the Bible worked out by those who have justified segregation and winked at the economic debasement of the Negro, sometimes almost to the point of starvation. Deriving their sense of right from this teaching, graduates of such schools can have no message to grip the people whom they have been ill-trained to serve. Most of such miseducated ministers, therefore, Preach to benches while illiterate Negro preachers do the best they can in supplying the spiritual needs of the masses. In the schools of business administration, Negroes are trained exclusively in the psychology and economics of Wall Street and are therefore made to despise the opportunities to run ice wagons, push banana carts, and sell peanuts among their own people. Foreigners, who have not studied economics but have studied Negroes, Take up this business and grow rich. In schools of journalism, Negroes are being taught how to edit such metropolitan dailies as the Chicago Tribune and the New York Times, which would hardly hire a Negro as a janitor. And when these graduates come to the Negro weeklies for employment, they are not prepared to function in such establishments, which, to be successful, must be built upon accurate knowledge of the psychology and philosophy of the Negro. When a Negro has finished his education in our schools then, he has been equipped to begin the life of an Americanized or Europeanized white man. But before he steps from the threshold of his alma mater, he is told by his teachers that he must go back to his own people from whom he has been estranged by a vision of ideals which in his disillusionment he will realize that he cannot attain. He goes forth to play his part in life, but he must be both social and and social at the same time. While he is a part of the body politic, he is in addition to this a member of a particular race to which he must restrict himself in all matters social. While serving his country, he must serve within a special group. While being a good American, he must above all things be a good Negro. And to perform this definite function, he must learn to stay in a Negro's place. For the arduous task of serving a race thus handicapped, however, the Negro graduate has had little or no training at all. The people whom he has been ordered to serve have been belittled by his teachers to the extent that he can hardly find delight in undertaking what his education has led him to think is impossible. Considering his race as blank in achievement, then, he sets out to stimulate their imitation of others. The performance is kept up a while, but like any other effort at meaningless imitation, it results in failure. Facing this undesirable result, the highly educated Negro often grows sour. He becomes too pessimistic to be a constructive force and usually develops into a chronic fault-finder or a complainant at the bar of public opinion. Often, when he sees that the fault lies at the door of the white oppressor whom he is afraid to attack, he turns upon the pioneering Negro who is at work doing the best he can to extricate himself from an uncomfortable predicament. In this effort to imitate, however, these educated people are sincere. They hope to make the Negro conform quickly to the standard of the whites and thus remove the pretext for the barriers between the races. They do not realize, however, that even if the Negroes do successfully imitate the whites, nothing new has thereby been accomplished. You simply have a larger number of persons doing what others have been doing. The unusual gifts of the race have not thereby been developed, and an unwilling world, therefore, continues to wonder what the Negro is good for.
1: Okay. Dr. Carter... Woodson, The Miseducation of the Negro, and basically, and I know that was long. Actually, it should be read another book that should be read. You know, for for those who are seeking African centeredness, for those seeking African centeredness, it 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 it's a must read. Okay, um, there are many points that that in in that chapter. Of Doctor Woodson, um, he used a very fine example of what I was just talking about. Uh, we go to college, and then we want to go. and 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 he wrote this book in 1933. This is 1933. Anyway, we go to college and we major in economics. We want to go to Wall Street, and we don't. You know, we are no. We're too good to push the ice cart. We were too good to, to, to uh 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 do those small businesses, okay, uh uh to earn money amongst our own people. We had to go to Wall Street. Therefore, what did he say would happen? Other people would come from other countries who could barely speak English and do this same job in our own communities. Now right after Reconstruction we were our own we, we did our own businesses and many flourished And became wealthy from it. But we deviated from that. We had our own schools. We had our own system, our own way of doing things. Okay, but now, as you see, the the same way that now in, in, in black neighborhoods and black communities, okay, the people who were making, who were still pushing those ice carts, except now they're nail salons. Dollar stores Clothing stores The only thing that is truly all black In the black community And we're losing that slowly but surely Are Hair salons And barbershops And funeral parlors Other than that Everything else is owned by somebody else but that wasn't always the case. When, in fact, we there was segregation, and 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 there in life, that's a, that's for another day, also. But when, in fact, there was segregation and we had no choice, we flourished in our own communities. We were fine, just like in Chinatowns across this country, just like in neighbor any neighborhood that that that. Is culturally, because they have their own country, they have their own language, okay, that are found across this country, and they flourish. We flourished in Oklahoma, in in Florida, South Carolina where businesses grew and so did we and we were we were our own business and doctors lived next to teachers lived next to 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 the garbage man everybody lived in the same community and nobody was better than anybody else and we flourished that's what Marcus Garvey was talking about that's what Malcolm was talking about that's what the Panthers were talking about we flourished and this is not to take anything away from Dr. King, but when, in fact, we were trying to force ourselves into this integration because one thing led to another, I don't initially think that that was the case; we just wanted to sit on the bus, and even then we had to do it so that it was perceived and 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 seen well by the white man. But initially, it was about the bus, and then before you know it, it, it moved. It, after Brown versus Board of Education, the, the, even though education still wasn't equal, but we were looking for more integration. We were looking to be integrated. We wanted our piece of the pie. Not really understanding that we already had it. Okay. So many things, like I said, you can't. And and I I said this before, you cannot do this whole thing in in, in two hours, understanding the African-centeredness. But all of this, all of these things that are being discussed, all these things that I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up, deal with the administrator, the principal, the assistant principal, and the teacher and how they approach going into the classroom that is filled with African children born in America. No matter what grade, no matter what it is that you're teaching, Africans must be at the center of that knowledge. And when you start doing it and you've been doing it especially the, like as long as I have, it does become as easy as breathing because there is no other way of looking at it. Then all of a sudden Jesus really is black and you can move on. All of a sudden all the great writings and, and, and the great sculptures and the, the great artists the the, the, the great is all black and you're you're good with that. Then all of a sudden, getting an Oscar isn't that important. And you're good with that. And you move on. We must be vested in ourselves and see ourselves as the center of all things. Having said that, the last part of this program that I wanted to to do, I wanted to talk about is how our agenda in Philadelphia can be changed so that our children in the public school system can gain this wealth of of knowledge and be taught this way and move on from that. Well, you would have great men like Dr. Asante come and infuse, as he said, the African-centered uh, way of teaching into the school system. Apparently, you know, we we don't want to do that. We want to go to Cincinnati and and reinvent a wheel that we've already built here. The second thing, or the second the second thing. So so we already have the knowledge and the wealth of knowledge right here in the city. We already have all that right here. So secondly, we have to start using the resources that we have and start budgeting and investing what it is that we are doing that we have right here in this city. We don't have to go outside of Philadelphia in order to fix this situation and this problem. Secondly, we have to have money. We have to have a government that is is vested in this. Do they have to be African-centered? It would help. Black and white, it would help. You always have to know who it is that that you're talking to and who you're dealing with and what agenda it is that they're bringing to the table. So that would help. I don't know where their mindsets are. I see a lot of nepotism in in, in Philadelphia. I see a lot of rehashing uh, 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 where same people over and over and over again get the same old jobs over and over again. I see segregation in Philadelphia, not just in the school system, but in the neighborhoods. I see rules that are for one area, don't apply to the other area. I see environmental racism. Some of the areas in this city is are just filthy. They are just filthy. People just dump their trash anywhere they want to. And yet in other areas of the city, there ain't no trash. You can eat off of that ground so i see I see a separate but equal thing going on right here, right here in this city in this place african centeredness would change all of that, putting ourselves once again in the middle, right there at the center, and once you are there at the center, your agenda is 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 very easy to come up with. Once you place yourself in the center, then the agenda is 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 easy to come by. Because I, what 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 are you doing for my community? When are the banks going to start loaning us money to build our own businesses that we could run? So we could do our own nails. We could run our own grocery stores. Grocery stores that have actually fresh vegetables and fruits. Okay, where we can have our own clothing stores made by our own folks. This is not impossible. We have very creative Africans right here in this city. Right here, that live next door. This is not impossible. This is this is very easy. But you see, when you are coming from a Eurocentric perspective, that's when it becomes difficult. But if you place yourself at the center of all knowledge, of all things, everything, then it becomes very it, it becomes very possible. We have a black bank here in in, 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 in in Philadelphia, United. Why is it that we're not getting loans from this bank in order to start our own businesses? I don't have an answer for that. All I know is that we have a black bank. That's all I know. That has branches. So that's where we should be going to get our loans. I don't understand why that's not happening. Or if it is happening, it's not. It's not. It's not well known. Why is it, it that we have our own? If they're outsourcing a lot of this trash pickup, why isn't it that 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 somebody black isn't doing that to, to ensure that black neighborhoods are, are 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 being swept? That black neighborhoods, the trash is being picked up on a regular basis, and that we are teaching people in our neighborhoods how to keep the neighborhood clean. and and these are not far fetched these are not these are not things that i'm saying you know that oh well, how are we going to it's already here it's here and once again when you come become invested in this way of thinking when you wake up in the morning and when you go to sleep at night you are at the center of all things. Your family is at the center of all things. Your Africanness with your family is at the center of all things. When you go out to buy, you are going to buy from from, from, from Africans born in America. You are going to buy from people. That is one of the points that I have on, on, on Mama Donna's 10-point agenda. That when, in fact, we are doing this whole African-centered thing, that we are buying our supplies from Africans born in America. You are buying your smart boards from Africans Africans born in America. You are buying your textbooks, your desks, everything. I know that there are black people out there selling it, selling these things. Your uniforms. And that is how you you put that money back into the community, and inevitably it will come back to you. And all of this starts with education. All of this starts with knowledge. All of this starts with the lessons that you learn when you go to school, because all of us go to school. And if, in fact, you start with that, whether you're home school, whether you go to charter school, it doesn't make any difference. If, in fact, you are at the center of all things, that things around you are African, and you are at the center, and everything else surrounds you, that you are now the subject, not the object. The world will be different. The world will treat you differently. You will see the world differently. And things will start to change. And when you have a whole community of people, now just imagine, I'm just talking about individuals. Now put that together with a whole community of people who were thinking that way. Then the agenda is easy to come up with. And we have had that before. Once again, I'm not coming up, this ain't. This isn't revolutionary. This has been done. But when it was successful, it was disbanded right after the end of the Civil War, or Reconstruction, right during the the the, the uh, what what the era was called the the the, the Roaring Twenties, and the and the birth of the Harlem Renaissance, the Civil Rights Movement, and they're going from the Civil Rights Movement to the Black Militancy Movement. We were all on the same page. Everybody had an opinion. Everybody, and everybody knew who they were and that we were at the center. Yeah, you had some Tom. You always had that. Yeah, that during slavery. That's nothing new. But everybody knew what the agenda was. Everybody knew what it was that we wanted. And everybody knew that we were at the center was the Africans. No matter if you agreed with integration or segregation or not, it didn't make any difference. Did you agree with the, the Panthers, if you agreed with the NAACP, CORE, SNCC, whoever, SCLC, whoever it was that you agreed with, whether a great leader, and we had so many, that you agreed with, all of us, there were certain things that we all agreed we wanted, we wanted uh, 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 good jobs, We want to take care of our families. We want to make a good living. We want to live well. And that was at the center. And we as a people wanted that at the center. And we must go back to the center with the learning and the knowledge and the understanding that our history is at the beginning Of this world, when this world, when man first started, he was black. That sounds so elementary. That sounds so juvenile, but it's true. The first woman, Lucy, was a black woman. She was from Africa. There is no missing link. We're the link. That's it. And then we move from there. My people, my time grows nigh. I must I must be off. Um, I wanna give a special shout out to my my line sisters. Today is our anniversary. February third, nineteen seventy nine. Been a Zeta for thirty seven years. God help me. Thirty seven years is a long time and I've loved every minute of it, you know. So happy anniversary. Uh, My lovelies and my fans And I'll be putting that on Facebook And talking to you soon everybody If you missed the show You weren't able to call in uh, Check out the archive The Mind Beneath the School On Blog Talk Radio Uh, uh, Next week We're going to have another uh, Special presentation Dr. Jamal Hayes is going to be Joining us uh, The youngest brother to receive a, A PhD from um, uh, uh, Delaware State uh, University, and I believe the youngest one to receive a PhD from any historically black uh, college or university. So he will be, and I and I work with him. I'm, I'm I'm looking so forward to this and having a discussion with him about his views. and And he was a PhD in chemistry. He could be anywhere, but he's teaching. Good brother, you know. So I look forward to that conversation. Um, Remembering Tuesday, 11 o'clock, I know it's late, but like I said, catch the archive. And always be looking for that knowledge. And be looking for those that have that mind beneath the school until I see you again next week. Down
7: on the corner, uptown I turn around and hear the sound A voice is talking about who's gonna die next Cause the, the white man's, the man's got a God complex. complex Silent niggas scream for help Hey, help me, help me Nigga, make your own hell. shit, you need it I turn around and hear the sound of two playing in bars Pimp popped outside in big pretty Cadillac cars, cleaning in a broke dick dog, sitting in a big fine hog, dressed very fine in a mohair silk mine but Jim Dale died next, cause the white man's got a God complex. Hey brother, what's your sport, my man? I got just the things for you. Only cost ten and two. What you gonna do, baby? I got black ones, brown ones, red ones, yellow ones. I even got a white one if you wanna buy some. Yeah, that's right, two fifty eight. Play it straight, I got it all worked out, you know what I'm talking about, been reading my dream book, ain't no way in the world a kid gonna get took, nigga what you mean I didn't hit, nigga you full of shit, Lick eyes, uh, now seven, come on be nice and hit eleven, well what do you know, it's little Joe, hey my man got twenty dollars, say little Joe don't blow, ha ah, baby needs a pair of shoes, Oh, Papa's got the funky blues so oh, cool. oh, Mama plays the cross in the news Snake so guys, sorry nigga, you lose The line forms to the real lady And I don't care if you never cash your welfare check Cause the white man's got a God complex But I got to take babies, I ain't got no man I ain't got no choice but to hold out my hand And feed my young ones the best way I can Hey, man What you mean no doubles on blackjack? Pump, you better change that rule, cause I ain't no fool. You better be cool, Jim, or you'll die next. Cause the white man's got a God complex. Hey, my man, I want to cop a nickel bag. Uh, You say all you got is Wow.